Welcome to Book Bistro, where book enthusiasts come to chat about the books they love in a warm and supportive environment. This episode is airing on Tuesday, February 14th, 2023. Hello, everyone. It's Shannon back with you on this Valentine's Day to share an author interview and, of course, your guide to this week's new releases. Now, you might think that since it's Valentine's Day, I would be sharing a romance author interview, but that is not the case because that's just not how I roll. So today... I have an interview with author Amanda Jayatisa, and we are discussing her 2022 release, You're Invited. Now, this is set at a wedding, but it is a thriller with some twists. So definitely give this a listen. Both this book and Jayatisa's debut, My Sweet Girl, were amazing. So if you have not checked her out yet, please do so. So let's get started with the housekeeping information, then the interview, then I'll be back to chat with you about some new books. You can find us on Facebook by searching for the Book Bistro podcast. Once there, you can post to our timeline. You can also message us privately. If you want a more social interaction, you can join our Facebook listener group, which is pretty quiet at the moment, though we are looking at some ways of possibly revamping it. If Facebook is not your thing and you still would like to hang out with us, check us out on our WhatsApp group. You can subscribe to that either by messaging us through Facebook or by sending us an email and one of us will be happy to add you. If you're looking to get a hold of us via email, you can do that by contacting the Book Bistro Podcast at gmail.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Book Bistro Podcast. This is Shannon, and today I am chatting with author Amanda Jayatissa about her upcoming novel, You're Invited. This is releasing in the U.S. on August 9th. Amanda, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me, Shannon. I'm so excited to be here. You're Invited was actually one of my most anticipated August releases. Um, I read My Sweet Girl last year and really, really loved it. So I was super excited to see that you were coming out with a new book. And so it was one that I, I talked about when we previewed um, books in August that we were looking forward to. Oh, thank you so much. There are a lot of great books um, coming out in August. So I'm really, really honored. I know. Like August is an incredible book month. Yeah, it's, it's just been wild. And I've just been sort of inhaling book after book. Um, and, and one of the perks, I always say this, I think probably the best part about um, being a writer and being in this traditional publishing space is access to advanced reader copies of books oh, yes. that are coming out and just having that you know like bragging right uh, to be able yes. to say you know hey I've already read that like you know that's already that's amazing oh you haven't read that yet or oh, too bad oh yeah <laughs> um, <laughs> you have to wait a while but eventually you can read it too yeah <laughs> <laughs> yes advanced copies are phenomenal phenomenal oh, they're the best yes they are so can you give listeners a little bit of an idea of kind of what to expect in You're Invited? Of course. So it's about a woman who finds out that her ex-best friend, whom she hasn't spoken to um, for five years, is marrying her ex-boyfriend. So as you can imagine, she's feeling all the feelings and decides to fly back to Sri Lanka where this extravagant um, over-the-top wedding is taking place in order to stop it from happening. Um, as luck would have it, the bride goes missing, is presumed dead, and Amaya, that's our main character, is left having to prove that she had nothing to do with this murder. So, yeah, you can expect extravagant, over-the-top 
Sri Lankan wedding um, atmosphere, um, of course, uh, with a little bit of, you know, dead bodies and murder sprinkled in. Ah, because yeah. <laughs> what's a wedding without some murder, huh? Um, and uh, yeah, and, and I had a really fun time writing it because I'm from Sri Lanka and it was really exciting for me to showcase a little bit of Sri Lankan culture. Um, I don't think many people have heard about, you know, Sri Lankan traditions and things like that, especially in the U.S. So it's true. Um, yeah, it was a great honor for me to be able to sort of introduce those elements into the story. And that was actually one of the things that I was going to mention to you that as I'm reading this book, I found myself really drawn in to those bits of culture that, you know, as an American woman, like I just really did not know about. So I really liked being able to see that through, through Amaya's lens. Great. I'm glad you enjoyed it. As you know, someone who was like returning home to Sri Lanka mm -hmm. after a number of years, like it was kind of cool to see like the ways in which she, you know, viewed it, like juxtaposed to how she was living um, in the U.S. Yeah, of course. And I think that was um, it was something very relatable to me, too, because I grew up in Sri Lanka and then you know, took off around the same time Amaya left Sri Lanka, actually, so for university. And then um, I ended up staying on, um, moving to the UK for a while. And then I moved back to Sri Lanka. And when you move back, you see it almost through a slightly different lens, um, coming back home. And obviously, there's a little bit of distance now between what you consider to be normal growing up versus sort of the reality and that contrast um, of your life overseas. So that was really interesting for me also. So is that where you are now? Like, are you, um, are you in Sri Lanka now or are mm -hmm. you over? Okay. Yeah, I'm in Sri Lanka. Oh gosh. I'm looking. It's not like the middle of the night there for you as it's like <laughs> before it's, uh, noon here. <laughs> it's, it's not so bad. It's, um, it's half eight. So eight, eight 30, uh, okay. in the evening. So it's not, it's not too bad. And to okay, be good. honest, yeah, to, to, to be honest, I work so much um, with, uh, like, according to American time zones now that my entire body clock has switched over because all the good stuff happens in the night for me, right? All the exciting emails and the news and the correspondence. Oh, that's so, true. Yes. Yeah. So we are just, just starting our day as you exactly. are uh, ending yours. And so it actually works out pretty well uh, for me, at least, because then I have sort of my daytime to be able to focus on writing and things like that, absolutely undisturbed. And then in the evening, that's when I deal with, you know, the emails and stuff like that. So that's interesting. And when do you sleep? <laughs> um, at weird, weird, very strange times, often when I'm supposed to be working. <laughs> but, oh, dear. Uh, <laughs> So who needs sleep? No one needs sleep. Come on. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Sleep. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's very, very important, I find. <laughs> well, sometimes you find as a thriller writer that when you're just very slightly sleep deprived, um, your mind can sometimes, I don't know, that's a, such a weird thing to say, isn't it? I'm hearing myself as I say it and people are going to think I'm just like... <laughs> you know, one French fry short of a happy meal. But um, no, but the truth is sometimes you get these like really wild ideas. And um, I have in my uh, like office room or my office space, I have a couch and I call it my thinking couch because I like to lie there and think of ideas. <laughs> um, but oftentimes, like my poor husband, like he'd walk in and he's like, are you thinking or are you sleeping? <laughs> because you don't cool. know when you think right and I'm like no no I promise like I wake up with the best ideas so now my thinking couch has become like a running joke <laughs> good for napping good for thinking yeah good for those in-between moments I guess so one of the things that I noticed um, in reading your first book and then reading this one is that the first book had a little bit of kind of a almost like supernatural element, or at least you were, you know, led to kind of like wonder about that as things mm -hmm. were going on. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I did not notice that here. And so I'm mm -hmm. wondering, like, is that something that you kind of wanted to steer away from or did it just not lend itself in quite the same way 
um, to this plot as in the first book? Yeah, um, that's a really great question. So I am naturally someone that likes creepy things. I like supernatural elements. I'm a major like horror movie, horror story enthusiast, um, (laughs) if you will. Uh, But um, I think when I wrote You're Invited, I wrote it kind of at the height of lockdown. And I was obviously, I think like most people, dealing with all the feelings that that entailed. And somehow I found myself gravitating towards more of a story that was a little lighter. And I say that ironically, right? Because there, there's murder in this. Like a yeah, little lighter. lighter. Um, but it is in my, in at least when I was writing it, it, it felt like a little lighter with, you know, the gossiping aunties and, you know, that like um, sort of tongue in cheek observations about Colombo society. And all of those things were a little bit more fun for me to write. Um, and so... Uh, I don't know, as I was writing, just the the ghost story elements didn't really lend themselves in the way that it it did to the first book. Um, I do touch a little bit on sort of um, the ghost of Lady Lavinia um, as just Mm -hmm. almost a talking point, but it didn't obviously feature in the book. It was just a very interesting point to note about the Mount Lavinia Hotel uh, where the wedding ceremony takes place, which is a a real hotel in um, Colombo. And um, is is very very famous and is where actually I got married. Um, oh, so yeah, no no murder at that wedding though. Oh, good, good. <laughs> yeah, I know what a relief, right? It, it is uh, better, I think, to get married in real life um, without murder. Yes, yeah, <laughs> I have to agree with you on that. Um, but yeah, uh, so so there was a, like a, a little bit of that element, but obviously not front and center the way um, it did in My Sweet Girl. Uh, just because it at that time it just I wasn't in a place that I I think I could have convincingly written um, a horror ele- or, or a supernatural element into the story because there was something so like atmospheric about those portions of my sweet girl that like really pulled you in and got you wondering you know what was going on um, in a way that you know is very different from reading more of a traditional thriller where like without mm-hmm. um, the even like likelihood of something supernatural. Mm-hmm. So it's just a, a different shift um, to mm-hmm. see, you know, that that wasn't um, as big a thing here as it was in your first book. Yeah. Um, so for me, I think the most important thing is sort of the, well, before I start writing the book, the, the thing that I really focus on is the plot and the big twist or the big reveal, essentially. And then everything that's um, sort of slotted into place is around these big elements. Um, So in this, it just sort of didn't seem to make sense or lend itself to the story in a way that would add um, some sort of value. And then um, it just... Uh, it just happened that uh, I went in a different direction, um, not even particularly consciously when I was writing it. Um, but this is just where the story landed at the end of the day. Uh, but I do intend to sort of return to writing a few more supernatural elements into my stories in, in books to come. So it's definitely not something I'm completely shying away from. It just didn't make sense for this particular story. So do you always know kind of how you want things to end? Like, did you know the big reveal in kind of both of your books um, pretty early on or did they evolve as your like book evolved and your process changed? The big reveals are usually the first thing that I think of and they're the, f- oh. the, the yeah, they're, they're always the only thing to remain <laughs> um, at the very end of the process. So with My Sweet Girl, the the main twist uh, was something that I had conceived, actually thought about quite a while back and was trying to write it into a different story that wasn't working um, until I finally ripped that up and and wrote My Sweet Girl, um, only retaining that that twist. And even with Your Invited, the first thing was like, hmm, okay, I knew that I wanted to write something set at a Sri Lankan wedding because I was at a wedding and I realized 
you know, the, the cracks sometimes start to show and then you, then you realize, hmm, there must be something else going on here. So I knew I wanted to set it around a Sri Lankan wedding, but the big reveal um, was something that I had thought about at the very start and I knew that I was working towards it. The, the endings in both books, interestingly, changed quite a bit during the editing process. Um, so mm. if you look at the first draft and the last, the very last version that, that you all would be reading, um, they're very, very different final endings. But the twists, those usually stay. I always find myself very curious, like as I'm reading a book, like I wonder what you know, early iterations of this look like? <laughs> Probably not very good, to be honest. Like my editor and my agent um, give me fantastic feedback that, you know, really helps take it up a notch because those first drafts, eh, not so great. <laughs> I've heard people talk about the ways in which writing a first draft is really difficult because you are kind of creating the story as you go for a lot of people. And so sometimes people say, you know, it's not fully fleshed out. You just mm -hmm. kind of get the ideas down and then through editing, things evolve and become, you know, closer to what we see as the final, you know, product, the book on the shelf. So I'm wondering, mm -hmm. is that kind of how it is for you? Like where your first draft, you're not as, as sure of, and then as revisions happen, um, you become more, comfortable and familiar with this world that you've created? Oh, yeah, of course, of course. My first drafts are usually very lean, um, usually lacking like 30,000 words, um, you know, that they, they come out very short. Um, and I don't even like to call that my first draft. Most of the time I call that draft zero because it's usually just a pile of rubbish. Um, mm -hmm. Just me sort of, you know, just getting everything that's in my head down on paper. Um, and then it's like sort of from then on that I start teasing out themes if I see them, teasing out, um, you know, relationships, uh, playing with atmosphere and things like that. Um, that comes in a lot later. My, my first thing and the thing that I'm always very keen on doing as soon as possible is just getting that fresh idea in its, you know, purest form down. And once that's down, then I feel like I can have fun with it, you know? So do you know right away kind of who your main character is going to be? Or does that sort of come to as the plot develops for you? Oh, good question. So after I have my, so, so my process goes a little something like this. So I have my idea and usually that idea comes at like really annoying, like a really annoying inopportune moment. Usually when I'm working on like the previous, like, like usually when I'm working on my previous book. So when I was in, oh, like, yes. sort of in the middle of like edits with My Sweet Girl, I was like, I had this idea and I was like, oh, I can't work on it now because, you know, I'm working on this other thing. And because I like to write in first person so much, I absolutely try my best to make sure that one book is a hundred percent done before I move on to the next one because the last thing I want oh. is like these voices bleeding into each other right and right like mannerisms and like ways of speaking and things like that so so after I have this idea I you know I quickly sort of try to write down what I can about it I'll plot out um, the main sort of plot points and the like the beats of the story like I want it to be a particular way most of the time those things change but this is just for me to have an like to feel like I have a hold on something um, and then I usually sit down and really really have a good think about my character voice and how I want um, them to sound with your invited because it was my second book it was very something i was incredibly conscious of because the last thing i wanted was for amaya who's the main character in your invited to sound like paloma who's the main character in my sweet girl um ah, yes. I, you know that that was a real fear that i had um and or even some of the other character voices like i didn't want them to kind of get 
stuck or like mishmashed in together. Um, so what I did is I actually take out a blank notebook um, at this point. Thank goodness I have, you know, a large stock of them. <laughs> but I took, I took out like a blank notebook and I, and I tend to sort of just free write in Amaya's voice as much as I can. Um, just day-to-day things like she was journaling or, you know, just instances that she would have to face in real life. And 99.9% of this will never ever make it into the main story. But just so I can get a hold of the way she would speak, the way she would think, um, what her wants are, what her goals are, what's stopping her from reaching those goals, how she feels about, you know, the obstacles to her goals, um, how she reacts to those things. And, And so sort of after I spend quite and I can spend quite a bit of time here I I sometimes spend a couple of weeks with Amaya I really really wanted to sit with her for a while Um, and after I feel like I have a good hold on her and her way of speaking and her way of thinking that's when I start on draft zero and when I start on draft zero you probably won't catch me like you wouldn't see me for the few weeks or months that it takes me to write it because my goal Ah. for that is you know just get it down get it down as much as you can and everything else like all my good habits all the exercising and the meditating and the eating healthy and you know all of that stuff is just out the window it's like I you know I get really annoyed when people even like my poor husband he comes and tries to speak to me I'm like nope nope please don't you know interrupt my genius um (laughs) leave me alone and uh and so it's just working on that draft zero and after that is done that's when I can I feel like okay, I've got some sort of handle on this. Let me take a deep breath. Let me reassess. Let me enter the world of the living again. And, um, you know, kind of try and fall into some sort of rhythm and routine where I'm editing it and trying to make it better. I love how different everyone's process is. I think as many authors as we have, like we have as many different approaches to writing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's really important, I think, for anyone who's an aspiring writer, because I think um, especially when I was sort of starting off and and wanting to be a writer, um, one of the things I would do is I would read, you know, all these habits and all these, you know, writing uh routines of all these famous writers and, and, you know, try to apply it to myself. And it took me a long time to realize like, hey, I just got to do what works for me. and not try to, you know, just copy someone else's um, schedule or structure or pattern because it's it's doesn't always work out the way you'd hope. No, I, I can see that. I think people have to find what works for them and not necessarily apply things that, you know, may or may not work for other people. Mm-hmm. So now that You're Invited is almost in the world, what can we expect next from you? Oh, um, I wish I could talk about it because I am so excited. Um, I'm working on it right now. And, you know, every day is like, oh, wow, okay, this is so much fun. I'm having such a great time. Um, But unfortunately, it's not announced yet. So I can't talk too much about it. Second person this week. I had an interview on Monday, right. and now you, and you are the second person this week to, to thwart my attempt oh. to find out <laughs> what I, is coming I, next. Yeah, I've been very gently warned. <laughs> I'd be like, mm, could you please not? Because I do have a tendency to, you know, stick my foot in my mouth sometimes, I think. So I'm just like, you know, I, I wouldn't even try to give you a hint because I know I'm incapable of just being like oh like here's just a little tidbit because I'll just like (laughs) spill the entire thing and you know that wouldn't be cool (laughs) no then publishers might be mad (laughs) oh yeah I wouldn't want wouldn't want um I mean especially until the announcement is made you know and they can officially kind of introduce it right yeah then I'll be shouting Mm. it from the rooftops and you wouldn't be able to shut me up (laughs) It's just very funny because the last person I talked to told me told me the exact same thing. Like, no, I can't tell you. I'm like, wait, I'm I'm thwarted. I don't like this. Oh, I'm so sorry. I really wish I could. <laughs> it's okay. I I will. It it will help me to become perhaps a, a more patient, um, you know, anticipator of books. 
yeah, but I, I, guess. I don't know if that will work. <laughs> That's really putting a silver lining on it. But yeah, good, good for you. <laughs> <laughs> I will try. I'm always looking at, you know, books that are like coming out, you know, I'll see them on Goodreads or I'll see them when I'm looking for things like to put on lists um, for my presenters. And I was like, oh, but it seems so far until, you know, such and such is coming. Like, why can't it come now? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. I, I do not. I do not wait well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I know the feeling. Like, I get you. I, I, I wish I could talk about it. <laughs> well, eventually we, we will all know, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Hopefully just soon. Not, just not today. Mm-hmm. But that's yeah. okay. <laughs> so shifting gears just mm-hmm. a little bit what kind of things do you enjoy reading like do you have a genre that you really gravitate toward or do you read widely like what what, it, what are you like as a reader I do read whatever comes my way but I am naturally I think drawn a little bit more towards Thrillers and suspense, um, especially if there are sort of psych- more psychological elements uh, to it, because ah, that's yeah. just naturally what interests me. I um, That's not to say that I haven't, you know, enjoyed some romance and some, um, you know, like women's fiction. And, oh, yeah. you know, like even I read some fantastic historical fiction recently. But the... Um, the the, the books that I tend to read the most of, the books that you hear me really kind of losing uh, my stuff over uh, tend to be thrillers. It's, it's what I love. Um, I, I love that, you, you know, when you read something and you, you have that big plot twist or that aha moment yeah. and you're like, oh, wow, like I didn't see that coming. So as, mm-hmm. a, as a reader and as a writer, really, that's, that's what I chase. Like that's the thrill I'm after. I just read earlier this week, um, Chloe Cates is Missing by mm-hmm. Mandy McHugh. And I thought it, it, it does that so well. Like it gets you totally like wrapped up in this story and you're pretty sure you know where it's going. And then all of a sudden, like it's, it's not like anything like what you expected. <laughs> oh, great. Let me, let me put that to my ever growing, um, to, to be right. Oh, yes. Um, yes. you know, it's, uh, yeah, no, that sounds great. That's exactly, exactly what you want right out of a thriller is that like, Oh wow. Like where did that come from? That, that's yes. got me shook. Yeah. That's what you want. Yes. I remember, you know, the first time I read a book, um, that did that to me and I was just like, Whoa, like, okay, we have to find more of these. Mm-hmm. Do you remember which book it was? It was an Elizabeth Flock book called Me and Emma. All right. Interesting. Interesting. Um, and I read it quite a while ago. It was like 2005, maybe. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so, so it's so, so interesting. Like that, that first book that has you feeling that way, right? I don't think you ever like forget that feeling or like no it's just something that stays with you right because the the very first book um that I felt like pulled the rug out from under me was actually um is written by R.L. Stein it's called The Ghost Next Door it was you know I read it when I was maybe like 11 or 12 and it was the first book that I read with an unreliable narrator Up, up until then um, you know, everything I'd read had been more like mystery based or like, oh, mm-hmm. okay, like let's let's solve this crime. You know, it was mostly like kids solving crimes. That's that's what I read a lot yeah. of growing up. And um, and this is the first time where there's like almost like a play on like, hey, I can trick you. Like my my uh, like me at my job as a writer can sometimes involve tricking you. And I just haven't been able to get that almost that idea out of my mind ever since, you know, and, and that's what I, what I strive for to be, to be shocked, to be as, as shocked as I possibly can be. So, yeah. I find as a reader that it's kind of a, a fine line because sometimes people will go sort of too far and then it just becomes <laughs> kind of yeah. absurd as opposed to shocking. Like, you know, right. you'll read something and you're like, well, no, like, <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. Just... <laughs> oh, that could not happen. No, sure, sure. I get what you mean, but it is yeah to be able to do that successfully. That is that is really where the skill yes. in this whole thing is. I guess. Yeah. I am always so happy when I find something that hits like just that like that perfect note of like being a surprise, but then like looking back at it, you can be like, wow, you know, I, I totally mm-hmm. see how that could happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I call those the, um, uh, the breadcrumbs. Uh, yes, almost. they like kind of leave, are. Yeah, you like leave a trail of something and then it's like, it's only much later on. And I love those books where like you sit down and you're thinking about it and you're like, aha, that's why that happened. And sometimes you have those moments, like even days l- later, right? right? Where you're like, Oh yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's the best. (laughs) So what have you read recently that you think the world should know about? Oh yeah. So that is um, a really tough question. I'll, I'll tell you the last. My favorite um, question. (laughs) (laughs) It's, it's, it's really, it's hard because it's difficult to pick um, just like a few, I guess, because when you're in this space, you, you come across so many amazing books, right? Um, so let me see, like in order of, in reverse chronological order, of, I guess, like the, the books that I've read that have really kind of wowed me and stayed with me. Um, I think the last book I read was The Last Housewife by Ashley Winstead. Um, oh, I'm looking forward to it's, that. It, yeah, it's coming out. Again, I have one of those author books. Um, yes. I got it early. It I read it a couple of weeks ago, actually. I haven't read too much this last two weeks because I've been prepping for um, launch and, and doing so much writing. Um, but uh, I read this a couple of weeks ago and I have not been able to stop thinking about it. I think that's partly why I haven't been able to pick up anything else right oh, now. Yeah. It, it's because this book has just given me um, the strongest sort of book hangover uh it was so brilliantly written like she is such a master of this craft of writing the have you read her first one yes and i loved it um it was very good this is like I, I don't want to say it's better. It's it's different in a certain way the the subject matter is so Oh, it is very deep. It is very real. It is very raw. Um, there are a lot of trigger warnings, uh, you know, uh, a lot yeah. of sensitive material that she deals with um, in the story. But I think um, so vital to like women's stories and like the the experience of being a woman in the world today, you know, and she weaves this fantastic story around um, this really important message. And she does it so brilliantly. Like even the sentences are so beautiful. You know, you're like, I'm reading it. Oh, and I was I like, how that. does one, like, how does one write like this? You're, you're reading a, a thriller, but at the same time, it's just so brilliantly crafted. I, I don't have enough words and I end up sounding really silly almost because I, I feel like however I describe it, I will never be able to do this book justice. Um, oh gosh, I absolutely that so fantastic. Often. <laughs> when I'm describing right? a book, I'm like, I don't even know how to tell you in a way that, you know, will make it like, we'll let you know how good it is. I just, I don't have the words to do that sometimes. Right. It's like saying something like, oh, the Mona Lisa is like, a picture of a woman like like a painting of a woman like it's like how how do you describe it you can't really you just have to read it and like take my word for it it's it's fantastic um so that was really good um I also read things we do in the dark by Jennifer Hillier oh I love Um, her love her love her um love her writing she's just a lovely person um yeah things we do in the dark was again a really, really fantastic story. So well told. Um, you really, really feel for the characters, even for the sort of throwaway characters. I feel like, you know, the secondary characters that normally I don't think, I don't think many, um, sometimes in books, uh, they kind of fade into the background, but not with Jennifer Hillier. She's, you can tell she's put in so much work and effort in crafting these absolutely realistic sympathetic um relatable characters beautiful brilliant and the last book um that i i love gushing about this one it's called someone else's life it's by lynn leo butler um 
I like her. She's great. She's great. This is her first thriller. Um, She wrote a thriller? Yes, yes. Her first thriller. It's not out yet. Um, But again, it it has a lot of her... um, signature moves I think in the book which she talks about I always I, I know Lynn personally and I always tell her that her books make me really really hungry um, I guess she she keeps talking about food in her books so, so this book has that as well it um, it's based in Hawaii um, the the story is great it, it takes a very um, classic trope which is sort of a stranger in your house and do you trust this person um, and no, it puts no, this, you don't. <laughs> no, but it it puts this awesome spin on it, and the whole story it takes place over the course of one evening. Um, and you know, oh. a stranger t- turns up at this woman's house, and there's a, of course, there's a horrible tropical storm going on outside. So this lady's stuck in her house, uh, and she's home alone, and she starts to suspect this lady's intentions, um, and. I thought that this story really stuck with me because it's not often that you read something that takes place over a very short period of time, right? So this is just over it's the true. course of the evening. And probably the duration that it takes you to read the book is how the events would unfold themselves. So she's got that timing down spot on. And the entire time I was reading it, I was in this full body tense um that oh, I didn't mm-hmm. even realize that I like released it at the end of the book and then I was like oh like why does my body hurt so much oh it was because <laughs> it it was so suspenseful that I was just tensed the entire time that I was reading it yeah I was like holding my breath like wondering if this lady is going to be okay and what's going on and um yeah just again very very well done and I'm very excited to see what other thrillers she writes in the future I had her on the podcast right before the release of the tiger mom's tale right um, and was just really taken by both like her writing and just her like interviewing style as as a person so she Mm -hmm. has been someone who's been kind of on my radar um, since then and I'm super excited to know that yeah. she has written a thriller. Somehow that, mm-hmm. that escaped my notice. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. If, yeah, it, it, I can't remember exactly when it's coming out, but I know it's, it's soon. Um, I will be and I hope, it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's great. Um, I can also say next on my reading list, as soon as yes. um, all the wildness uh, dies down a little bit for me, is uh, Devil Takes You Home by Gabino Iglesias. I, um, oh, that I just have came been, out here. Yeah, it just came out. And I have been waiting to get my hands on that. And, and I've heard that it's very dark. And I'm someone that loves a good dark story. Um, yeah. But, but I also feel that I need to brace myself just a little bit um, and make sure that I can read it uninterrupted. Because the thing that drives me absolutely like bananas is when um, I'm like reading something really suspenseful and scary. And then, you know, like something comes up, like you have, oh, to, yeah, take, you have to like take it, and you have to stop. And and so um, I'm just waiting for, um, you know, a day or maybe a, a weekend that I have absolutely nothing to do. And then I can relax and sink my teeth into this. Yeah, I think I'm on, I'm on hold for that one at the public library. And I think it has kind of a long um yeah, I, it, hold list. it came out the day before yesterday, I think. So yes, it's it probably in high demand. Oh, yes. Yes, I, I stock my library's uh, coming soon list and like put things on hold as early as I can. So that hopefully <laughs> right, that's I don't awesome. have to wait like terribly long. I'm, I'm the tiniest bit obsessive. Oh, no, no, that's great. And I, and I think that's also sort of the good thing with libraries is that like you don't have that thing where you just get a couple of books as soon as they're out and then you're, you're they're just there on your TBR pile or, you know, on your like saved on your whatever. Oh, yeah. And, you know, um, with, with libraries, it's like, oh, you know, it's on loan. Like, you know, there's a deadline. So you got to get it over with and, and hand it back. So it's true. You can't keep it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, I yeah. want to thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule, especially ahead of publication, to chat with me today and to let oh, no. listeners know um, a little bit about you as a person and a writer. I really, really appreciate your time. Oh, thank you so much. This was so much fun. I love um, chatting with uh, fellow book lovers. So um, this was definitely a treat for me. Uh, thank you for having me on your show. You're welcome. Can you let listeners know the best place to find you online? Sure. Um, it's very easy. It's just my name on everything. So you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok um, with just at Amanda Jayathissa. I think Facebook is um, facebook.com slash Amanda Jayathissa. And then my website is amandajayathissa.com. And I have to ask you, since you mentioned Instagram, do you describe your Instagram photos? That's a good question. No, because my Instagram photos are usually, so I'm very, very bad at social media. Um, no, I, I don't. I usually write sort of captions, but I'm glad you brought that up because it is something that I hadn't given much thought to. Um, oh, yes, we like yeah, digital accessibility here. Yeah, of course, of course. And you're absolutely right. Um, what I usually do is I end up taking screenshots of like random reviews and things like that that I get and just post them <laughs> because I'm very lazy and not very good at um, handling my social media at all. And I just, oh, yes. yeah, you know, like just re repost what other people are kind enough to post themselves. Um, but I'm really glad that you brought that up, Shannon. And that is something that I will go back on to now and fix because you're absolutely right it's very very important so when i see um a screenshot if no one like goes in and adds the alt text all it says to mm -hmm. me is image may contain text oh oh that's not and nice. i'm like okay. wow okay text <laughs> right <laughs> like i don't right. know what kind of text but image may contain it that's great Right. And then I just sort of skip past it and like, okay, like that, that's not, it's not yeah. useful. Oh, no, no, of course. And thank you so much for sort of bringing this uh, to my attention. You know, um, it is just one of those terrible things that I hadn't given much thought to. Again, because I don't give much thought to, I guess, like my social media presence in general. But this is something very, very important. So thank you for that. It's been a thing I've been starting to ask over the past like month or so, because um, people yeah. are always saying, you know, oh, yeah, I'm on Instagram. And I'm like, well, that that's good. But <laughs> yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Um, yeah. And, and it's like, I'm so glad you asked this question, because it's just one of those things that I, I guess I wouldn't pay much attention to unless no, someone and people pointed don't. it out. And right. Yeah, thank you. Again, this has been a discussion with author Amanda Jayatissa about her upcoming novel, You're Invited. This is releasing in the U.S. on August 9th. All right, books out this week because that's what we always need. So I'm going to start, as I always do, with some books that you've heard us mention previously this time on our most anticipated releases of February episode. First, I want to talk about one of my most anticipated February releases, which is Haley Aldridge is Still Here by Elisa R. Sloan. Then we have Natalia looking forward to End of Story, End of Story Book One by Kylie Scott. Sarah is looking forward to the new Sajni Patel novel, which is called Aisha Unscripted. And Robin is anticipating the new Roshani Chakshi, which is the last tale of the Flower Bride. So those are a few books you've heard us talk about before. Let's move on to some things you haven't heard us talk about yet. The first book I want to mention here is one that I had no idea was coming out. I usually try to stay really on top of new releases, and somehow I missed this, and I don't know how or why. 
but this is The Beauty Trials, and it's The Bells, book three by Danielle Clayton. This is young adult fantasy set in a world where magic can control people's appearance. So you can ask a magic to do all sorts of like beauty treatments for you. You can change all sorts of things about the way you look. Um, this is just such a unique world. And I really love that this story features teacup animals, like little tiny elephants and lions and dragons. So this is The Beauty Trials, and it's The Bells, book three, by Danielle Clayton. We also have Revel by Lisa Mia Smith. This reminds me a little bit of like The Night Circus by Aaron Morgenstern. Um, maybe the bone, the bones of ruin by Sarah Raleigh, or Caraval by Stephanie Garber. It has that like spectacular magic feel of like the carnival and the circus. So it is one that I am very, very excited to get a look at. And it is Revel by Lissa Mia Smith. I want to also talk about a romance novel this week. This is Ruby Spencer's Whiskey Year, and it is by Rochelle Bilo. It is about a food writer. She goes to Scotland to write a cookbook, finds love, and tries to save a local attraction all in the course of a year. So this is Ruby Spencer's Whiskey Year by Rochelle Bilo. And how about a couple of historical novels? We have The Prize Women by Caroline Lee. This is set in 1926. It's about the death of a millionaire and how it sparks this competition to see who will inherit his fortune. This again is The Prize Women by Caroline Lee. If you like World War II era fiction, we have The War Pianist by Mandy Robotham. And she's been talked about a few times here on the podcast. Um, she writes sometimes in a dual timeline style, sometimes not, but always these really well-researched, well-thought-out looks at parts of World War II history that we don't know much about. So this one again is The War Pianist by Mandy Robotham. We also have The Paris Notebook. This is by Tessa Harris. It is about a woman who becomes a transcriptionist during World War II and finds herself in possession of some medical secrets that could bring down the Reich. This is The Paris Notebook by Tessa Harris. All right, so let's talk now about some mysteries and thrillers. I want to first talk about On the Savage Side by Tiffany McDaniel. This is based on a true story of six women who went missing in a town in Ohio. And McDaniel here has looked at like who could possibly have been this killer's like next couple of victims. Um, she wrote Betty a couple of years ago, and so many people really loved it. I have not read it yet, but this one is pretty high up on my list of things to read soon. So this is On the Savage Side by Tiffany McDaniel. We also have Stone Cold Fox by Rachel Kohler Croft out this week. This is one of my favorite types of books because it is about a con artist. And while I don't think that conning people is good in real life, um, I'm always kind of on the lookout for like the internet scams and other kind of yucky stuff that people are doing. I find it fascinating to read about in fiction. So this is one that I will definitely be reading sooner rather than later. And it is Stone Cold Fox by Rachel Kohler Croft. Michael Robotham is releasing the third book in his Cyrus Haven series, and it is called Lying Beside You. And I am not as current with this series as I have been with some of his, his other stuff, but I do love that he always includes like a mental health component in his writing. Cyrus Haven is a psychologist who works um, in a secure 
mental hospital and deals with all kinds of people who have different types of um, convictions for like clinical insanity. So this is the third book in that series, and it is called Lying Beside You, Cyrus Haven, book three by Michael Robotham. Lexi Elliott is releasing a new book this week as well. This is Bright and Deadly Things. And Elliot has written a few thrillers before this. Um, one that you've heard about on our podcast at least once, maybe twice, is How to Kill Your Best Friend. Um, Elliot was a guest on the show to talk about that book. Um, she also wrote The French Girl, which I read a couple of years ago. So this one is her latest and it is called Bright and Deadly Things, which I think is a great title. And again, it's by Lexi Elliott. And lastly, I want to talk about Black Wolf by Kathleen Kent. This is a standalone thriller. It's about a woman who never forgets a face and a man who never forgets his prey. And that, my friends, is all I have for you this week. I hope you have a happy Valentine's Day, if that's a thing that you celebrate. And if it's not, then have just a fantastic Tuesday, regardless of what other people choose to celebrate. Stay safe, stay well, and of course, well-read. If you would like to leave us a rating or a review, you can do that on Apple Podcasts or any other platform that you use to access the show. Not only does it tell us what you think, but it also helps other people find us when they're looking for book-related podcasts. Um, it kind of advances us in the Google algorithm. So I will be back next Tuesday morning with an author interview and, of course, the guide to new releases. And some number of us will be back on Friday with more bookish greatness. Take care, everybody. Mm-hmm.